A lot of stuff to talk about on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. We will discuss why 2024 Rod Ganey Jr. is a recruit to watch. We'll also um, discuss the Louisville women's basketball team adding one of the top transfers in the portal. That is California guard Jada Curry. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week. Your team every day as i mentioned in the cold opener we're going to discuss why 2024 running back rod gaming jr is a prospect to watch for the football program in the flyville 24 class we'll also talk about jeff walls going into the transfer portal and getting one of the best players available in california guard jada curry and why now louisville has one of the scariest backcourts and not only the acc but the country as a whole, <clears throat> excuse me. And then to conclude the show, we will dive into the weekly Monday mailbag. So um, beginning on the football recruiting side of things over the past couple weeks since spring ball has begun, we've seen a lot of um, highly rated players come to campus uh, either for practices during the week or for the weekend. Um, but this is a period of time to where you see a lot of players both um, from the 2024 and 25 classes, and I guess you could really extend that to the 2026 class as well. <clears throat> a lot of players are going out to different campuses, seeing what um, respective colleges have to offer. It is not uncommon for a player to visit multiple campuses within one week, and um, definitely not uncommon for um, – recruits to be all across the country in a respective month. Um, <clears throat> March was a busy month for recruiting um, all across the country and specifically for Louisville. We've talked about a handful of uh, players that have been on campus over the past couple weeks and how it's not really a regional thing. It's all over the country. I mean, you're talking about players coming from out west, down south, up north, um, east, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, Jeff Brom and company definitely doing their homework and trying to, you know, really make Louisville uh, accessible to all parts of the country. Um, another prospect that I think has <clears throat> has really enjoyed Louisville and um, Louisville has identified him as a player that they're going to prioritize moving forward. And nonetheless, this is a recruit that um, players are – this is a recruit that fans need to keep an eye on. It is uh, 2024 running back Rod Ganey Jr. If you um, <clears throat> find that name to be familiar, it's because we talked about Louisville offering Ganey back probably about a month, month and a half ago. Um, but nonetheless, Ganey visited campus this past week and had a fantastic time. Um, there's an article out by Michael McCammon of Louisville's Cardinal Authority site, Um there's also some other <clears> – <throat> sorry, I've been kind of battling some 
seasonal allergies, so I do um, apologize for the hacking into the microphone. But nonetheless, like I mentioned, Rodney Ga- Rod Ganey Jr. Um, had a fantastic visit. This is what he had to say to Michael McCammon. Um, the experience was great. Everything from the practice to the staff, it definitely felt like an in-home environment. I think the experience was good because I saw a lot of Florida boys loving the Ville. Um Moving right on along, uh, nothing but positive things, Ganey said about his conversation with the coaches. They love my style, and they think I'm a player for this new system. A um, couple things to look at here. From an individual perspective, Ganey not rated on 24-7 sports just yet, but I wouldn't necessarily see too much cause for alarm there with um, how rankings get updated probably I would expect Ganey to definitely be within the top 1,000 here in the next couple of months. The five foot nine hundred seventy pound um, native of Tampa, Florida, plays for Tampa Bay Tech. Um, I think he's from Bradenton potentially as well, um, but has some solid offers: Mississippi State, Maryland, um, Georgia Tech, Florida. Uh, moving down the line, Penn State has offered Central Florida, South Florida, West Virginia. So Louisville, not the only Power Five school in the mix here for Rod Ganey Jr. Um, But to make matters more interesting, not only was the visit solid for Ganey um, in the Derby City, but he is now planning an official visit. He's planning a couple official visits, and Louisville was one of the schools that he mentioned as, um, you know, an option that he wants to get back to. And I think that that's something that we need to focus on um, because, In January, he announced a top eight, uh, Florida, Indiana, Maryland, Mississippi State, Penn State, Central Florida, West Virginia, along with the Cardinals. Um, He went to Central Florida recently, is going to go to West Virginia soon, um, so on and so forth. And I think that this is um, a recruitment that Louisville is going to be right in the mix of. And you see uh, Ganey. And how he said that, you know, it was nice to see multiple players from Florida on campus. And that's something that we talked about is this 305 to the Ville movement. But it's it's a little misleading because it's not just a focus on Miami and the South Florida area, although that is a priority. But it's, it's the state of Florida as a whole. And I think that that's something that needs to be focused on and needs to be hammered home. Sure, you have two recruits or you're actually your only commits right now are from the South Florida area, four-star running back Isaac Brown, uh, five-star edge rusher TJ Capers. Um, but it's not just centered around South Florida, but the state of Florida as a whole. So continuing to try to um, open up that pipeline, I think, as you see from quotes from Ganey, guys from Florida, guys in certain areas, I, I think feel more comfortable going to a place if other players from that area are going to that place. Uh, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago when we discussed players from out west coming to Louisville, you have to realize these are people too. I mean, they're not just um, you know players in a recruiting database or rankings on a sheet. These are players that you know have you know feelings of homesickness. You know, some don't want to go away from home. Some want that familiarity aspect. It's hard to move, um, you know, 12 hours away, eight hours away, 20 hours away, however long it may be. So um, I think that's something to focus on. I do think that this is going to be a class that Louisville takes another running back alongside Isaac Brown. Um, So that might be one of the incentives for Louisville trying to say, hey, look, 
we only have one more spot for a running back, and it might be first come, first serve, so it might put the ball in Ganey's court. But at the end of the day, I think Ganey is a very, very talented prospect. I like his ability to change direction basically with the snap of a finger. When you watch his highlights uh, from this past season, uh, fantastic. 1,500 yards to go along with 17 touchdowns, all state honors in the state of Florida. Um with the the staff over the weekend reiterated um, the desire to have him in that offense, uh, McCammon wrote. So um, I, I think that this is a recruitment that, you know, you look for that home run ability. Ganey um, is really, really solid in between the tackles, does a good job of getting past that first wave of the defense and being able to churn yards out after that first wave at the line of scrimmage. And I think that that's something that's very valuable, especially in an offense that really, uh, although it doesn't run the ball as much as Scott Satterfield's offense, it still utilizes the running back position sort of as an extension to the running game in those short area passes, which uh, Rod Ganey has shown the ability to really, um, you know, leave some damage in those certain situations. So I think that this is a recruitment where, you know, Louisville's looking to add another running back to the class. You know, you lose Isaac Garendo. There's a chance that um, Jawar Jordan could go to the pros after this season. And then you're left with um, <clears throat> Kiwan Brown and Maurice Turner and obviously Isaac Brown as well. So three running backs, and you're looking to probably have about five of them on the roster that are available to play. So I, I like that Louisville gets an official visit or is – planning to get an official visit from Rod Ganey Jr. I think that this is a player, in my opinion, when you look at the film, when you see what he's been able to do um, in a very, very solid, talented area around that Tampa area, which we've mentioned over the past couple months as being one of the uh, really talented areas in the state of Florida and in the southeastern part of the United States. I really think that he's one of those players that's really going to rise up the rankings. Um, obviously, Florida, I think Penn State is another uh, school to watch here. UCF and Gus Malzahn, you can't count them out. So um, the main thing now, like I said, confirming that official visit and thus getting um, Ganey Jr. on an official visit, getting him back on campus and around this coaching staff again. So um, we'll continue to talk about some visitors that were on campus over the weekend um, as the week progresses. But for now, we're going to um, conclude the football recruiting side of things. We'll dive now into the women's basketball recruiting side of things where Jeff Walls and company went into the transfer portal and got one of the best players available in California guard, Jada Curry. We will discuss why she makes this Louisville team that much better and why the Cardinals now have one of the most dynamic backcourts in the ACC. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Um, the Built March Madness bracket was uh, a, a very, very exciting time. I want to thank you all for voting um, for your favorite bar or puff at BuiltMarchMadness.com. Although that bracket uh, has pretty much expired, I do want to... Um, you know, make sure you know that there still is a lot of opportunity that you can find at built.com. Obviously, like I mentioned, a lot of variety and flavor from cookies and cream to, um, you know, cherries, uh, raspberry, so on and so forth. Like I said, very, very uh, wide variety. You get the best of both worlds. If you go to build.com, scroll down to the macros chart, you can check out why they're just as healthy as protein bars. But when you see that they're covered in 100% real chocolate, you then taste it. And it's like, well, 
damn, this kind of tastes just as good as a candy bar. So you get that best of both worlds. Um, as you used to only be able to get them online, you can check out Walmart and Sam's Club to where you can get um, you know, a box of those on discount. Um, and like I said, obviously, build.com. So do yourself a favor. Go to your local Walmart and Sam's Club to go get a box of your favorite Bill Bars now. The women's basketball season just ended. LSU just defeated Iowa in the championship game. The Cardinals fell to the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Elite Eight um, a little over a week ago. Um, the talk of the offseason now for Jeff Wallace's team is going to be how is he going to retool this team to contend for a championship? And to go a little bit further, how is he going to improve this team to where they are squarely in the mix of contention because even though they made the elite eight, they made it as a five seed. Um, I think that um, <clears throat> it, it was obvious that the season didn't necessarily go the way that the Cardinals had planned, but you know, they still have some very talented players and over the past handful of seasons, like I said, this is the fifth straight elite eight appearance, six straight sweet 16 appearance. So you have one of the best coaches in college basketball, but still, Louisville not on the stage of Stanford, uh, not in that tier of Stanford, South Carolina, uh, so on and so forth, right? So how does Louisville get there? Well, that's the question that Jeff Walls is going to try to answer in this offseason, and it really all depends on how you know he utilizes the portal, and there are spots open. Um, you know, a plethora of players entered the portal, a handful of players transferred out. There is a lot of production that has to be replaced. Obviously, Chris Lynn Carr, Morgan Jones, Mikasa Robinson, the career games leader, um, the career games played leader in Louisville history, uh, Liz Dixon, uh, Narika Kono, some younger players transferred out, Peyton Verholst, um, Ziana Walker, you know, moving right on along, Jalen Brown. Handfuls of players have transferred out. Obviously, you have Haley Van Lith, Olivia Cochran, um, Marissa Russell, and some other players that are slated to come back. Nyla Harris as well. And then you have Ilea Love from Georgia Tech transferring in. But still, nonetheless, no players from the 2023 class. And um, you have a lot of opportunity to address needs and well, Jeff Walls and company right away after the season went out and got one of the top five rated transfers in the portal, according to ESPN women's basketball bracketologist Charlie Cream. Rated as the fourth best transfer in the country, Jaden or Jada Curry, sorry, not Jaden, Jada Curry, uh, sophomore guard from California transferred to the Cardinals on Monday afternoon. Cream had this to say, after leading the Bears and scoring for her first two collegiate seasons, uh, but Cal going 23-30 and 30 in that time, Curry is moving on from Berkeley. She was the Pac-12 freshman of the year and led the league in scoring at 18.6 points per game as a freshman, ranked sixth in the league at 15 points per game this past season. Curry has the potential to be a game-changing scorer for a program looking to take another step or the missing playmaker for a national title contender. Um, I think that um, 
you could probably say that this fills both needs. I think I don't necessarily think it's a program trying to take the next step. It's for a program that's trying to get back to that level of national contention uh, after uh, sort of a down season. Well, normally not a down season, but maybe down season as compared to global standards. Curry um, brings that playmaker, playmaking ability, although she only shoots about 33% from the field, or I'm sorry, 33% from behind the arc. Um, she is revered as one of the more um, crafty scorers and one of the most deadly three-point shooters in the Pac-12 conference. Um, her ability to create her own shot off the dribble is Steph Curry-esque. Um, there was a um, an event, I think it was a game this season or last season, where Steph Curry was in attendance and really liked what he saw from Jada Curry on the court. Um, there is no... Um, there is no relation there, as I have uh, come to believe. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but from what I've seen, there is no relation to Steph Curry, but uh, still wears jersey number 30 and shoots like Steph Curry uh, in the way that she comes off screens and can fire without much space needed and the ability to um, step back and hit shots and uh, make shots that you're like, okay, there's no reason for that to be going in. But um, Jada Curry's craftiness on the offensive end is what I like most for the Louisville backcourt next season. Uh, a Curry-Haley Van Lith duo makes for one of the most dynamic backcourts in the ACC and potentially one of the most lethal backcourts in the country. I know that you have backcourts across the country with uh, Paige Beckers, with Caitlin Clark, with some other very, very solid guard play. Um, and, you know, Haley Van Lith is um, an All-America in All-American in her own respect. And now you add Jada Curry, who um, averaged over 15 points per game in her past two seasons. Um, you know, uh, five foot six guard. So not a lot of size at guard for the Cardinals. Five six and about five seven, five eight respectively for HBL. So not a ton of size there, as opposed to you know Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark being around that five uh, eleven six foot area, but still. A lot of dynamic playmaking ability. Uh, even with Haley Vanless struggle from the three-point line this past season, she's obviously more than able of being able to knock down the perimeter shot. But now you add a, a shooter that um, has shown that ability to be extremely reliable from the three-point line. Um, she now gets to join an offense with Haley Van Lith, um, you know, having some scoring responsibility scattered throughout now for Louisville. I think that this is a step in the right direction for Jeff Walls' team. This is what was needed. You needed some more players that can fill that scoring responsibility. Um, Haley Van Lith was really the one consistent scorer on this year's team, and it was uh, always a case of, okay, who's going to step up after that? I think Jada Curry, you know, averaging 3.5 assists and rebounds per game, respectively. I'd like to see her a little bit more efficient from the field overall, about 38% from the field. Um, but, you know, with a little bit more help on the offensive end, I'm excited to see what this duo is able to accomplish. I like this move for Jeff Walls' team. You go out and get one of the best uh, players in the portal. Um, you address a specific need as a guard who's going to play next to uh, Haley Van Lith. But make no mistake about it, still some more areas of need left to go for the Cardinals. I think that they need a true rim protector, a player to, um, you know, replace Liz Dixon, um, you know, being able to give you that post threat scoring, but also the ability to defend the rim. Uh, Louisville really hasn't had a solid shot blocker since 
uh, Kylie Shook, and that could be something that they look to address. Also, I think that um, you know, looking to go get uh, a wing that can put the ball in the basket and get toward the rim, um, a solid athletic wing um, that can replace Morgan Jones and sort of play hopefully in that Emily Inksler role. So um, some more needs for Louisville moving forward, but definitely a step in the right direction, getting one of the best players in the country in the transfer portal uh, to join your team. So uh, we'll talk about more women's basketball talk when the um, when more news is announced. But for the remainder of the show, we'll dive into the Monday mailbag segment. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. I know the season is pretty much over, but experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading on into the final segment of the show, um, diving into a weekly mailbag. First question on the docket today in the men's basketball side of things. It seems like Caleb Love and Davion McKnight are not going to be Louisville Cardinals. Are you scared or worried that this portal... um, this portal movement will be like last season's to where Louisville strikes out across the main targets. Um, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily worried right now yet. I mean, I think that they've done a good job of adding Sky Clark, Dennis Evans, and Trenton Flowers, but make no mistake about it, they still have to go out and get three players that are absolutely, without a doubt, going to contribute on the court for the Cardinals next season, at least a starting caliber guard, at least a starting caliber big man, in my opinion, and probably another guard that's going to play inside of the rotation uh, pretty heavily as well. So um, if the Cardinals don't land a guy like Keon Minifield, I, I think then you're probably um, you know maybe getting a little bit concerned. But as of right now, April 3rd, the college basketball season ends tonight. So um, if it's May 3rd and Louisville – you know, still is in the same predicament. Maybe then I'm definitely getting concerned. Um, but as of right now, I'm I'm kind of in the wait and see approach. Um, it's not ideal that the Cardinals aren't in on Caleb Love and seemingly haven't necessarily reached out a ton to Davion McKnight. But um, nonetheless, there still is time. There are players in the portal. There will probably be more players enter the portal, um, and we'll see how things go. But as of right now, I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. But make no mistake about it, there is an extreme urgency to upgrade this roster and even do so more because I don't think that you've done enough yet. I think that as good as Sky Clark, Dennis Evans, and Trenton Flowers can be, I think you would be relying a lot on three guys that have really not proven themselves a ton at the collegiate ranks and two that have not played a single minute in college basketball. So, um, like I said, it's just a wait-and-see approach at this time. Baseball lost the series to NC State, um, which is the second straight series loss for the Cardinals in conference play. Are you concerned about the baseball team? What's the main thing you're worried about? Main thing I'm worried about right now is the bullpen. I'm not necessarily worried too much about the bats. I think the bats are going to wake up. I think that the Cardinals have solid starting pitching, um, one of the better rotations in the conference. Um, I worry about the bullpen just like I worried about them going into this season. I think that they're still looking for those pin arms that can give you that consistent lockdown efforts. Um, you know, looking for for Tate Keener to step up, looking for uh, Ben Wigman to step up big time, Evan Webster as well, guys that are veterans on this team to, um, you know, 
uh, Caleb Corbett, Riley Phillips to step up and give you consistent, um, solid outings. Um, but that would be the main point of emphasis for me. I'm not necessarily too awful concerned. It's not ideal. Don't get me wrong. Losing back-to-back ACC series against teams that arguably Louisville was definitely better than. Uh, but it's only April 3rd. Louisville's teams historically, you know, Dan McDonald's teams start playing their best ball usually around the late April time. So I still want to see this team um, continue to get through the ACC slate. But may also, like I said, make no mistake about it, you still want to put yourself into a position to where you're still in contentional for a top eight super regional seed come NCAA tournament time. So even though this team is starting to continue to figure things out, they still need to get back on track hitting the ball. They haven't done a great job of bringing runs around to score. Uh, offense has been sort of lackluster in ACC play so far. So, um, you know, interested to see how the Cardinals can respond, um, you know, going into this week against Lipscomb and then playing Boston College in the weekend series. So last question of the mailbag, softball question. Haven't seen a softball softball question in the mailbag. Glad to see one. Cardinals having a solid season with Louisville's um, solid start to ACC play. How far do you think this team can go? What is the ceiling for the Cardinals? Um, for reference, Louisville 24-10, and 9-2 and two in conference play. Um, I don't necessarily know um, what that is looking like. In I'm looking at the standings. Louisville's actually third in conference play, ahead of Virginia Tech, ahead of Duke. Um, that's pretty solid um, to see what they've been able to do. They've had some solid wins this season. Um, looking at the rankings, they are you know on the outside looking in. Um, as of last week, they did. Uh, lose at Kentucky in the midweek game last week, um, and then beat Syracuse in two out of the two out of the two games because the game on Sunday was canceled. Um, but they're right on the outside looking in in the ACC. Obviously, a very solid conference in softball. You have Clemson, who's thirty-two and one with Valerie Cagle, and um, you know very very solid Tigers team. Uh, Duke is ranked top fifteen. Virginia Tech in the top twenty, who's very very solid. Um, so. I think right now what Louisville needs to be focusing on, you know, considering how solid, um, you know, the ACC is, they have some solid teams. They, they still have to, you know, they still have to play. They've done a very good job. You know, they lost the series against Duke, but they took the Blue Devils to uh, some very solid games. Um, so, and even won one of those games, uh, lost a close one. Um, two tough losses to Northwestern. Um, you know, got beat to Charlotte, who's another pretty solid team, but swept Pittsburgh, um, swept NC State. They've won their last, I believe, what is that, their last nine ACC games. They lost the first two against Duke, and then they've won nine straight. So um, it'll be interesting because they go up against a Notre Dame team um, that has kind of struggled in conference play so far. Um, that's been something to look at. They're 2010 and one. This will be a very interesting telltale weekend for the Cardinals. I'm interested to see how Louisville holds their own against Notre Dame. If they win this series against the fighting Irish, I think you're really, really looking, um, at a potential, um, I mean, look at, look at the, the schedule right now that they, they could be in line for a top four finish in conference, which is incredible. Um, but you still have to play Florida State at the end of the season in Tallahassee. Florida State, very, very solid opponent. Obviously second in the conference thus far. Boston College is a team that Louisville should be favored over along with Virginia. 
Um, so I think that top four in the conference is pretty realistic in terms of the ceiling. Look, you know, there's a pretty there's a pretty big gap between the nation's top programs and kind of the rest of the field. Um, getting to a super regional is going to be tough. I think that they're definitely going to make the NCAA tournament at this point, assuming that they don't, you know, absolutely implode. Um, but if they can get into the top 25, obviously you're going to have to go on the road um, to a very solid program and have to uh, pull off an upset. And if it's against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, UCLA, you know, teams in the top 10, that's going to be really, really tough. If you luck out and you go out and play a team like, uh, you know, in the in the top 15 to where maybe you can try to steal a game. Look, it, it's really, really tough to get to a super regional if you're not the regional host because those regional hosts are just very, very good. Um, so I think that uh, – you know, getting to a super regional would be a very, very solid finish. Um, but I think making it to the regional final, being able to play that regional seed is probably where I would realistically expect this Louisville team to get to, and hopefully they make it even further. But that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.